And welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast episode 323. It's a little late, dollar short maybe, uh, because I ended up recording a bunch of things. And then when I went to edit it Thursday night when the podcast usually comes out, uh, yeah, the, the files did not work. The stuff I did, my mic kept going in and out. So you'd hear me for a second, then you'd have to wait five seconds. Everything was all jumbled up. It sounded like... I was on a old cell phone is what it ended up sounding like. So I have to redo all of that stuff. And Friday, I ended up, I was going to do some of it. I ran out of time, but also got depressed about all of this, even though it's one of those things. Everybody's had a report for work or school that ends up not saving or, or corrupted. And when you go in my mind, this, when I had this happen, it happened a couple of times in college where I would, I would get depressed. I would, I, you know, you just put in all that work or whatnot. But I'd start pumping myself up and saying, all right, I'm going to do it again. But this time it'll be better because now I have the benefit of that demo. You know, let's pretend that that was just the demo before. And now I'm going to take it into the studio. And I'm going to make a masterpiece of that. And then once you start going, you realize, oh, crap, I got to do all this again, like all this work. And, and some of the times I'll admit that the second effort of mine would have been like really not great because I'm like, I, I just want to get this done now. I just want to get it and hand it in. But I'm not going to do that with this. How would I ever think of doing that? So we're going to be talking a couple books here. We have news. We actually have some mail this week as well. And I'm going to be joined by Brandon later. So there's a little bit of a bonus, right? We, we get Brandon way up there in Buffalo. I, I don't know. I can't remember if he was drunk or not, but I'm assuming he was. But before we go into that, let me tell you where you can find us. You can go and go over to the Twitters, WS Marvel Comics. Uh, that is our address there. That's our little name. And if you follow us, we'll follow you back. Also, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where we talk a lot of stuff. We do a lot of Marvel things. Now, one of the things that we always talk about is our weekly Patreon only spotlight show pretty much the patreon pick of the week show where we have a poll and the badasses of the get fresh crew beep boop they get to pick two books from that week's books sometimes they pick books to drive me insane that they know i don't want to talk about but they'll pick them so that they can hear me lose my mind but a lot of times they do pick the big books of the week and this week they did at least one of those depending on your opinion they ended up picking moon knight number one but also Captain Marvel number 30. So you get the start of Moon Knight, and you also get the ending of the Ove story in a oversized Captain Marvel. On that podcast, I talked with Clay about Moon Knight, and then I ended up talking to myself about Captain Marvel number 30. Now, I already mentioned them. You know them. You love them. They are the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, and... This is their shout-out slash roll call. Here we go. Uh, 
Huh, I'm not going to rap like last week. I lost my voice this week because my wife ended up spraying a lot of bug spray in the kitchen while I was down here in the basement. It all came through and killed me. But here are the badasses. Josh Murray from Not A Robot Podcast. Ted Probst. I love Punchline. Forrest Polly, Optimus Prime, Cam, Joseph Wojcik, Matt Razor, D-Men 3000, All New Dave, Lady Abby, Red, Matches Balone, Niels T. Wirt there in Germany, David Fink, Joey Bear Casco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky at the Comic Boom channel over there on the YouTube, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Aldrin Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Beer from Not A, or Not A, from the Bat Pod, my saying, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew Belfast, just back from holiday, didn't go to Bournemouth, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Dalton Edom, my man Pete from NYC, Sailor Moon, Mark, my man Rob Lewis, B. Murr, that is Brandy Murray to you and me. And Double A Ron. Boom, boom, boom. Where is Double A Ron? He's in Minnesota. Why would I ask that? And all time Reg. Reginald up there. All right. So that is the badasses. Now, in the meantime, I want to mention another show. We do a bunch of shows, different shows, and a lot of weekly shows. And I, I could say very weekly, but why would I do that? Why would I why would I do that when I'm trying to push them? But one of the shows we do. Me and my man, Matt, who does the Star Wars stuff on this feed, we do a podcast that we call the Rest of the Story Podcast, where we take something from that week and we end up going back and kind of go through like an origin or a first appearance of a character of that week's books and things like that. And this week, I mentioned it because I thought it was a pretty cool connection this week. We ended up doing Werewolf by Night number 32 which was moon knight's first appearance so that's one of the shows we do we do a lot we have a ongoing walking dead comics podcast we have a manga podcast we have a bunch of things including dc indie comics and all of that jazz but with all of that said and done we're going to go off now and i'm going to start with some news now it's time for jim and the news Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's up for Jim and the news. And now it is time for me and the news and the news this week i'm going to be doing one thing that is a new book that was announced and then possibly two books ending the october solicits came out this week so when that happens you get out you know, the spyglass and the abacus and you, you, the tea leaves and you try to read things because Marvel is very odd with canceling books. They they go by the idea uh, opposite of Neil Young. Instead of burning out, not fade away, they like things to fade away. They, they're like, Neil, you're wrong. We're going to let things just fade away and never really announce an ending. Just kind of let it go into the ether. But we're going to be talking uh, first, though, 
of an announcement and it's a book that I doubt that we'll talk about it. We'll see. We'll see when it comes up and maybe we'll have a backdoor way of talking about it. But it's a kind of an all ages, a a book that is skewed towards a younger audience about Black Panther and Black Panther's origin to try to get new people involved and try to get younger kids. Now, with that, I have a not so younger kid in this house that finally, out of all these years, and, and I have five kids, I have five boys. One of my boys, my my third, the middle kid, basically, Ethan, he ends up deciding that he likes comics this week. And it's a weird deal where he loves the, the Marvel movies and he watched Loki. He watched WandaVision, all those things, but never really seemed to be interested in the comics. And it might have been a slow build up to that. But for some reason this week, there's a lot of push for this new Kang book coming out in August. I see a lot of news things about it, a lot of things about varying covers and things, but somehow he got word of it. He heard something and it was just the name Kang that seemed to get him interested. Like, what the heck is this? Like he, I'd never heard of this guy. Let me check it out. And he ended up looking at some videos and some stuff online, reading some articles and seems very interested in getting that Kang book. And then even from there, I said, you like Kang, check out Modoc. And I sent him a picture of Modoc. And he's like, why is this guy just a big head in a chair? And I said, well, that's one of the mysteries of life and Modoc himself. So you'd have to figure that out yourself and go and read some stuff. But we were talking about stuff and giggling about Modoc. But he is excited about this Kang book. But it's one of those things, again, there's always somebody's intro into it. And I, I just imagined five years. Why did you get in? Oh, Kang and Modoc. All right. Well, you're cool. Uh, but yeah, this is something where younger kids and whatnot, or it says even lifelong fans, but can learn a bit about Black Panther and then jump into things while we're at a bit of a lull with Black Panther books and announcements of Black Panther 2, the movie and things like that. So I think that this is pretty cool. And it is Marvel to retell Black Panther's origin story in new series. An upcoming limited series will retell the origins of Black Panther for new audiences. Marvel announced today that Marvel Legends Black Panther will arrive this October from Tochi Onobuchi. And if I butcher these names, I forgive. Forgive me, please. Don't I? I'm not going to forgive anybody else for my stupidity. And New York Times bestselling. Maybe I forgive my mom and dad, but I don't because I, I really don't like them. Uh, New York Times bestselling illustrator Sator Fiad Zigby. Pitched at young readers as well as lifelong fans of the character, the new series will focus on T'Challa in his early days, long before taking the throne. As the story unfolds, however, major moments in his life will be revisited, and this is the official synopsis from Marvel. Marvel Legends Black Panther explores the moments that make T'Challa who he is, from his adventurous upbringing to his walkabout as a teen to when he first invites the Fantastic Four into Wakanda. As each chapter unfolds, new pieces of T'Challa's character will be revealed and the Black Panther will emerge. I remember I read the, those two issues where the Fantastic Four went into Wakanda. Not a great relationship at first, I will say. The series' unique approach to action, art style, and universal storytelling make it easy to bring young audiences and new fans into the Marvel Universe, and that's cool. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sending this story out that maybe this could be something that if you have kids or whatnot, you can get them involved. You, you can get them this. If they're like, man, I love that Black Panther. They're like, well, look at this. Look at this. And look when the Fantastic Four get invited to Wakanda. Sparks will fly. They will. And it's cool. I, I, I always like things that are, you know, all ages and geared towards getting people. I know that a lot of people just like, ah, I don't need that or whatever. But 
hopefully this is one of the better ones where they don't talk down to the kids. They just make it a cool, wholesome, overall good story. So, And, and I'm going to say that I'm going to get Sator and and I'm trying to see the other name. Sator and Tochi, I think that they will try their best. So we'll, we'll go with that. The next is the cancellation deal. And again, like I said, anti-Neil Young here, where you end up, the books and Marvel's so weird. And I, I don't, I'm not going to say they're weird. Maybe they're just evil geniuses. Because what they end up doing, and I think that this is, it, it's a funny play. It makes sense. It drives you nuts as a fan sometimes. But sometimes Marvel will put out a series, right? Say it's like Jim Werner, the the crazy hero that's the book they'll put it out people say boy that that book's gonna fail like but it looks like it's an ongoing i don't even remember i was just gonna say the name again i forget what i just said just say it's jim warner that's the new book it's it stars me and they'll put it out and then at issue five it'll just go away and then you end up oh i didn't know that was a mini series now some even get you know canceled before that but not many but so they're very ambiguous is what I'm saying about books. So when they go to N, DC, they actually will give you in the solicit, for the most part, final issue, this is it. Hey, people, it's over. It's over, Johnny. Stuff, you know, like that. But Marvel will just end up just, it just stops being solicited. So that's where you're getting out, you know, the calculators and then, like trying to figure out, oh my God, because two books were not solicited in october now there were a bunch that weren't a bunch seemed to be taking skip months but two of them were also not solicited in september you get two months in a row what's going on is the book canceled is it not i think that they keep the creators with the zip the lip deal it's the zip the lip policy eventually it leaks out and things like that now with it why i think it's the evil genius or maybe just being smart if you ended up, and it's tough now to look at comic book sales. They only have rankings. You can't get real sales numbers a lot. But when you could, you would see that if a book, even if it, this book had run for 50 issues, the minute that it's announced as being canceled, final issue, the, the sales plummet. And I don't get it. I understand when you're like, well, if it's going to end, what? but you've been reading it all this time. And why wouldn't you finish it? it? It's something that has perplexed me since we even started our website way back in 2013, way, way back in the day deal that looking at sales numbers and the minute a book is announced as done. So I think that Marvel's just like, well, we'll never announce it. And if you don't get that big headline announcement, say, you know, Jim Werner, the book canceled, people just keep buying and then they go to the store the next month. It's just not there. Oh well, but but they got them. They they got the whole deal. I just it's weird when things and like complete the run. I guess it is like the idea that people aren't going to jump in then and continue, you know, the sales deal because why start something? But it just seems like a lot of people, including people who have been you know collecting the book, just bail. But all of that said and done, the story is it looks like Runaways and Children of the Atom might be ending. Reading over the Marvel October 2021 solicits, a bunch of books look to be taking skip months, but two might be ending. There are no solicits for Runaways or Children of the Atom, which should be concerning for fans as there were no solicits for either book in September solicits either. And August 11th's Runaways number 38, which probably it seems will be the final issue, is also the 100th issue of the series between various relaunches and renumberings and stuff like that. I always think they fudge the numbers, but that's me. 
Um, but you know, you end on that landmark 100th issue and Marvel just recently did this with the Miss Marvel series. They ended on 75th. Uh, that was in January where you had the magnificent Miss Marvel ending. And that was the 75th issue of all the Miss Marvel stuff put together. So that is not out of the question and children of the atom and, and still runaways. Again, if you had been looking at the sales pre pandemic, the book, did not sell great, has a loyal fan base. I love the, the team, the Runaways. I am not caught up on the Rainbow Rowell deal of this Runaways, but I did start reading it because of my man Jay from Canada told me how much he loves it. And right away when I saw that this might be canceled, I thought of him. Uh, but the idea of all of this is it wasn't selling and Marvel really let it keep going because I think it was one of those books that could get some new younger readers in so that it's, you know, they have to balance the idea of sales versus, you know, being a good thing to have out there. And it might be something a lot of times, even like the Miss Marvel books, they were stuff that schools were buying and, and libraries and things like that as well. They were getting the trade. So that might have continued it, but it wasn't selling great. Now, Children of the Atom, on the other hand, that the pandemic hit, that kind of caused a delay to come out. Then it came out, and people didn't seem to be that into it. I, there's not a ton of reviews. And again, the reviews for it, if you go to Comic Book Roundup, which is pretty much my Bible for you know anything reviews. So you go there, and you see all the sites. And there are pretty decent reviews for Children of the Atom. Not on our site, but still, you know, my man Gabe, not really into it. But there's not a ton of reviews. And a lot of times when you go, if you are somebody that goes to the Come Book Roundup, don't necessarily focus all the time on the review score. Like the the aggregate score may be a 9.8, but then when you look, only two people are reviewing it. And they're only reviewing because they're the only two people who like the book anymore. The people who don't like it end up bailing. Also, a lot of sites, what they do, if the review doesn't bring in the clicks, meaning that nobody really cares, they ditch it. So when you go by that, go by the aggregate score at points if there's a lot of reviews, but also go by the amount. And I don't really see a lot of reviews anymore for Children of the Atom. And also the solicit for the August issue as for Children of the Atom, the Vita Ayala book solicit for August 11th, Children of the Atom number six, also doesn't give out much hope. And this is what it says. No one likes goodbyes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds positive. The Hellfire Gal is here, a.k.a. the most important party of the year. The truth finally comes out for the Coda Kids plus a heartbreaking goodbye. Dot dot dot. Maybe forever. Boy, that, that sounds like a funeral to me. Also, I think that when you look into the collected version, the collected edition of Children of the Atom, there's only one volume collected or coming up, and it's issues one to six. So it looks like that book is canceled as well. In a deal where we're going to hear in the uh, mail coming up. Somebody asking me about the X-Men stuff And I ended up like Children of the Atom I read one issue and didn't like it Kind of ditched that And that, that's my biggest problem right now With the X-Books in general Is I, I'm really I, I don't like more of them Than what I do like And, and that stinks And I, I don't want to have an X-Men show Where and obviously we, we stopped the X-Men show But I don't want to have an X-Men show Where I'm just sitting there bitching and moaning About the books you know, bitching and moaning and moaning and bitching. I don't need that, and I don't think everybody else does either. Uh, but there is a possibility, you know, if things start to brighten up, 
then we'll just get back to that. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But that is the news. And we're going to go up now to the books. And I'm going to start with a book that, you know, we ended up doing the number one issue last month. It is Gamma Flight. And it's Gamma Flight number two. And Gamma Flight part two of five is written by Al Ewing and Crystal Frazier. And I will ask for forgiveness right here. I want to, because as I'm talking about this, I may revert to just saying Al Ewing because I'm used to Al Ewing, Immortal Hulk, and Gamma Flight stuff. So if I do that, I hope that Crystal Frazier will realize that it's because I'm a dummy. Art by Lan Medina, colors by Antonio Fabella, letters and design by DC's Joe Sabino. And here is the recap, which is nice to have. Al Ewing usually doesn't do this, at least in the Immortal Hulk. Gamma Flight, an offshoot of the space defense program Alpha Flight, is on the run from their former employers after disobeying orders to deliver the Hulk to the government. When a new Gamma mutate started rampaging in Austin, Texas, Gamma Flight intervened. They managed to talk down the newbie, Dion, a.k.a. Stockpile, but the authorities are proving less sympathetic. In an ill-timed escape attempt, Charlene accidentally teleported Puck and absorbing men away from the fight, leaving Dion, Doc Sasquatch, and Titania alone. Against Scar, the son of Hulk, who suddenly has his Hulk powers back. And by the end of this, we'll figure out who and why and what is going on with those Hulk powers being back. There is kind of hints. Here, you ended up having Scar show up at the end of last issue as an awesome cliffhanger. And then you see now, and it's really pushed. I mean, it, I'm not going to spoil it right now. We'll talk about it at the end. But, you know, just look at what's coming out of his face. And even Puck mentions it later when he arrives. But, you know, there's a standoff here. There is Titania, Doc Sasquatch, and Dion stockpile. There's Scar, but there's also the police department. Everybody's there. And we have our Gamma Flight characters and Dion. They're kind of taken aback they're kind of off their game right away because they thought they were getting teleported out and they can't get a hold of charlene on the comms they don't know what's going on they have no idea and scar takes advantage of this and scar takes advantage of a couple things in this uh he ends up punching doc sasquatch a bunch of times ends up just knocking him down and then grabs stockpile and says time to come home and stockpile says no chance i know what he's doing to people we will find out who the he is by the end, but I think a lot of Hulk fans would already have realized this or figured it out. Well, in the meantime, Titania is trying to get a hold of Charlene McGowan, can't, and then says, We gotta, you know, beat the crap out of people. We gotta get out of here. We gotta run. And Doc Sasquatch says, No, no, no. We came to help Dion. We have to help her. And Titania says, Oh, God, you're the worst fugitive ever. And then just goes off and, you know, they both attack Scar. And get the crap kicked out of them again. And with that, you end up also having Titania and Doc Sasquatch arguing about things. You know, a lot of shade being thrown at, you know, Leonard with the idea that you're a hero when you want to be. Then you sulk away into the shadows and do nothing. Plus this connection with you and Charlene. We're kind of getting sick of it. It's very obvious. He tries to defend himself. But in the meantime, Scar's beating the crap out of him. Well, We go back to the base, the Gamma Flight base, and you have Charlene trying to figure out this teleporter. It has pretty much blown a fuse in layman's terms as they're trying to get some power to it. And you end up having Puck, uh, Absorbing Man, and that monstrosity that is Del Fry fused with Rick Jones there, you know, kind of giving some... Not even tips, just yelling and screaming and and trying to figure this out. Charlene's trying to figure it out. And what they end up doing to try to power it up is you get Creel 
Absorbing Man kind of turned into a copper conduit at one point. So at least they can get a hold of Titania and, you know, Doc Sasquatch and see if they're okay and what's going on. But then in a cool deal, you end up having Creel absorb the teleporter. He ends up becoming, you know, the living embodiment of the teleporter. They don't know if this is going to work. They don't have it. But this is where Creel, you know, Mary is stuck. She's getting attacked by Scar, police, all that. He's got to do something. He is going to do a Hail Mary. Puck actually seems like he just thinks it's cool, and he's going to do it just to see what the hell happens. But that's what they do end up doing while, at that point, Titania and Scott Swatch trying to help. And it looks like they are going to just get the crap kicked out of them, maybe even be arrested, whatnot, at the end. But Stockpile, Dion steps up, and Stockpile kind of reminds me of the Gamma Mutate of Clayface from DC a bit ends up kind of engulfing Scar into herself to trap him. And it does look like, okay, well, maybe the situation is solved. Now, with that, as you then end up having Absorbing Man and Puck go in and having Absorbing Man as, like I said, the living embodiment of a teleporter, I thought that they were then going to not realize, get there, teleport out right away with everybody, and you were actually going to get Scar in the Gamma Flight base. And I thought, oh my God, that, that's going to cause a lot of problems. But before that happens, and maybe in a smart way, but also maybe in a forced way, like, oh my God, we can't have that happen. Scar does break free of Stockpile as Absorbing Man and Puck end up teleporting in. Now, Puck has a cool gun. He calls Martha and says, you know, Martha likes what's going on here. And Martha's going to shoot you, Scar. Ends up shooting him. Doesn't really do much. Uh, and what happens, Scar goes with his big sword and slices the stomach of Absorbing Man. Now, this isn't going to kill him. And remember, though, he's pretty much the teleporter at this point. When Titania comes over and says, are you okay? And, you know, what's going on? He says, well, this normally would have just been just a scratch. It would have been like a flesh wound. But I don't know what it will do to me being a teleporter. I'm I'm now a mechanical thing. I mean... And it makes sense. I mean, just little superficial damage to something that is mechanical, especially something as advanced as this teleporter. Who knows what that could do? You slice one wire and things are are crazy. It may not even just work. So he ends up there laying there while everybody else still continues to fight Scar. Scar, I mean, he's holding his own, really. And then you get another party coming in. This is why I like this issue. Is it? It is balls to the wall action. It is action packed, Pee Wee, because uh, you end up then come in the United States Hulkbuster force in their crazy brown mecha. Now, if it was me, I might, you know, do a little more pizzazz. I mean, they're just like dirt brown look, and it's not very pleasing to the eye. And I know that that's the most important thing, right? The Hulkbuster force should look cool, but even so. If you want to fund the Hulkbuster Force, don't you want to make something that the kids are going to want their little action figures with, right? Branding. But ends up coming in. Hey, everybody, and I love it. It's powered down and surrender immediately. This is your first and last warning from the United States Hulkbuster Force. Scar just laughs. And he's like, oh, my God, new Hulkbusters? This gets better and better. You realize this, and one of the funny things is we wouldn't really realize this reading it. But through Titania, we are told, because she realizes it, that Scar is not trying to kill people. I mean, the idea that he ends up slicing Creel and Creel saying, if I was just normal, 
that would have been a flesh wound. Well, that's not very over the top evil from Scar, right? Now, he's a teleporter that causes some problems, but it doesn't seem like he's going for the kill. He ends up knocking down Doc Sasquatch a couple times, and then, you know, Leonard gets up and starts fighting again. He's like, oh my God, I thought you were knocked out. You know, pretty much saying, like, yeah, he's not killing them. He isn't killing them. He's just fighting them. This is kind of showboating. It's a big showboat deal for Scar, which does work out by the end again. All of this does kind of come into play because you then end up Scar just attacking this Hulkbuster force. And then they're like, drop the weapon. He has his big sword. And he's like, fine, drops it. And then just starts Hulk smashing everyone. And, and, and very much, there's a cool bunch of panels that really look like they should have a wrestling ring here. And he should be doing a lot of high flying and stuff like that. He's just beating the crap out of the Hulkbusters. Well, they end up gathering around Creel. They, hey, I'm the teleporter now. We got to get out of here. And you end up having them say, well, I don't know if we should because you have Scar. He's going to kill these Hulkbuster, you know, people. And Titania, that's when she says, no, he's not going for the kill. He's just having fun, it seems. He's showboating. He's not killing people. So let's just get out of here. And they agree. Now, with all of that, you did have a deal where when you had Creel and Puck going off to save them, you ended up having Charlene saying the only thing she could figure out with this teleporter being Creel just keep it. Think of who you're going to. It's not even like I got to go to Austin, Texas. Think of the person. It seems to be like you have to have a connection with the person. It's kind of a little wonky in my mind, but the idea where, you know, Creole thinks of Mary, 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 Mary. Boom, they get there, right? So now they're going to go off. And really, in my mind, it may make it where by the end, you might have some scattered heroes. We'll say that at the end, when they do go to teleport, it does look like they disintegrate and die. I mean, it really does. I don't think they're dead. But is it that everybody has to think of the same thing? Whatever, because that was a big part. And when they're going off, okay, think of Charlene. Think of what's important. Think of this. And they're going to go off. But what would Dion think? Because Dion's coming with them. Like, what would she be centering on? What, what would, how would she even know? And so they go off, and you do have this whole connection with Doc Sampson where he's thinking of Charlene. I'm thinking of Charlene. I'm focusing on Charlene. And he says, you know, about hubris, it comes in many forms, and the God will punish it all. And it seems like this doesn't work out. And you end up having them disintegrate. You even have the Hulkbusters like, oh, my God, they disintegrated. And all right, and they have to get back to fighting, you know, Scar because of that. But you end up having Charlene back at the base yell, oh, my God, I lost your signal. Respond, Eugene, any of you respond. Now, with that, too, just to, to point out the idea that she says, Eugene, any of you, she doesn't say Samson, she doesn't say Leonard, she says Eugene, which was being pushed earlier by Mary to Samson saying, you know, you're, you're kind of a pain in the butt, and I think that you better watch out for Puck kind of taking your, your lady here. So you have that, which kind of, I don't know, that pushed it towards that a little with me. And they look like they died. I mean, they really look like they're dead. I don't think they are. But you continue to scar them fighting the Hulkbusters. And then we go to an undisclosed location where we have two characters that are pretty, pretty big. And, yeah, with this, it does end up showing you who's involved, who's the big bad, all this stuff. Because you go to what it looks like is going to be called Green Spring. 
And it's being led by Dr. Aliana Alba, who was even part of the Weapons of Mutant Destruction deal, Weapon X, Weapon H stuff. And then you get the big bad because she's talking and like, okay, well, let's get Scar back. Let's no, no, no. He's having fun. You have this, you know, big bad. He's having fun. Just let him go, you know. And plus, he's showing that this new equipment, this Hulkbuster stuff is nonsense. That will push what we're doing even more. And then you see who it is, who the big bad. And it's Abomination. It's Emil Blonsky. And this whole deal of graftings and things like that, right even then, as he's talking, he's cutting a piece of his flesh off, which then shows, yeah, that kind of shows how Scar repowered, what's going on with all of this. And that's pretty big. And I like it because now we have, the enemy. Now we have something for the last three issues of this to focus, to stop before just being on the run. And, you know, even like, hey, we're fugitives, but let's go help this person. Oh, we're fit. That's not something that I think sustains even a five issue deal. This there, abomination, holy crap. Like, and they have, and they may be dead, but I don't think, but the idea of where they're going to end up having to fight this and then eventually coming possibly face to face with abomination, that is pretty cool. Pretty cool. And with that, I think the art's really good. I like the writing. I'm going to give this an 8.8 out of 10. I suggest that if you thought that the first issue was a little slow start or maybe not your thing, give this one a try. Give this one a try. And if you don't like this, then I, I don't think you'll be into the series. I mean, it really pushes that idea. You get you know, Scar there, repow- he's fighting. So if you don't think that's cool, all right. Then at the end, the abomination. Oh, my God. But if that's not, if that doesn't get you, then this book isn't for you. But Seems to be for me, and I'm excited. Actually, this got me to up the ante and really look forward to the next issue. I think the arts were really good. The colors are really good as well. So check it out. But with that, we're going to go right now to some mail. Do you have the time to drive me in Brandon line? And with that's my book, comics at gmail.com. We will read them all. At the wrong turn, says Mel Cowell. Whether they're positive or when they are not. You can give a shout out to your peeps. Make fun of Brandon, but not me. It's all for the weekend show. Brandon lives in Buffalo. Now here's something to say. Yo, it's Mel Call. All right, and it is mail call, and I'm going to have to update that song a bit. It's been a while since we had a bunch of mail. We have two mails this week. And if you want to be the star of the show, like Brian and Mark are going to be in just a moment, email us in at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com, as that song did say. But also you can check in the show notes for that address as well. But we're going to go up to Canada, not not Buffalo, but regular Canada, right, and talk to brian who says hey jim it's brian the canadian food courier which is funny because just this past week me my wife and my youngest son logan dabbled a little with the door dashing because i am still unemployed from the shutdown so we ended up you know trying it out a little it worked out pretty well our first delivery was a disaster but after that things got better and i'm sure that as things go I'll have some stories about the door dashing for the podcast if we continue it. Says, love your podcast. As the Canadian kids say, it slaps. 
And I was in Canada once. I went on a hockey trip to play and watch hockey and go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I don't remember anybody coming up to me and saying it slaps because they, they were pretty much trying to punch me at all times. They, they said it punches. They meant them right to my face. But that's fine. That is all good. I know that Toronto, a lot of, a lot of strip clubs in that Toronto, it seemed. But I miss your X-Men episodes. I like to follow the storyline without actually buying any comics. Any suggestions of an X-Men podcast, that slaps like yours does. Now, if you are, you know, paying attention, playing at home, yeah, you'll realize that the X-Men stuff stopped. I ended up talking about it a little before, but the idea that I was liking, you know, not as many books. The scales tipped. I was liking two books and hating five, and I didn't just want to talk about those two. I was dropping books. It seemed silly to have that podcast, even though to pull the curtain back, that was the most downloaded podcast on this here, you know, podcast deal. And so that shows you how much, because I'm a stats guy, right? It shows you how much that it was frustrating me having that podcast, not loving the books. Uh, with that, yeah, I guess I, I didn't even think that I was, you know, going through them well enough to even follow the storyline. So that actually makes me happy, Brian. But it also got me inspired because getting this mail and realizing, oh, my God, Somebody was listening. I, I saw the stats, but at least, you know, Brian writes in. So like, oh, my God, like he, he's fired up. I do think that as the weeks and months go by, I think that I'm going to start folding in some of the X-Men books that I do like into this regular podcast. It won't be branded a X-Men show again. To me, having an X-Men comic show talking about the weekly books, very weekly, right? And that's the problem. But it felt weird to not talk about them all. It felt like it wasn't really, you know, it seemed to kind of curse a little. You can put, it seemed half-ass. It really did to me, and it, it didn't feel right. And so as we go, maybe as things change up a little, you get some new books and whatnot like that. We'll fold some into the regular show. And then as kind of like a, you know, a setting piece there that if I start liking more and more, then we get the X-Men show back again. It'll be a way to keep in touch with some of the bigger books that I was liking. So we'll do that now as a suggestion of an X-Men podcast that slaps like yours does. I, I really don't know. I mean, there are some that go through and some really big ones that go through older X-Men stuff and whatnot. But the current stuff, I, I hadn't really find any that slapped myself. And, and I say this, and if you're listening and you have a podcast that maybe I'm not aware of or whatnot, you can certainly email me in or even email me, you know, a separate deal or whatnot to let me know. And I'll check it out. And yeah, I'll always suggest some things. And, and you say slaps like mine does. I would hope that you can find some better. I, I really do hope that you find you have stolen my slaps a little better there, Brian. But like I said, maybe maybe we'll jump into that newer X Men deal. The you know X Men number one just came out recently. Maybe we'll try to do that. But one of the frustrations that people have had with the entire line when Hickman takes over too, there are a lot of books. They're interconnected. And again, even just as a reader. You kind of feel disconnected sometimes when you're not reading every one. The Hellfire Gala was the end for me. I ended up like, okay, I dropped a bunch of books because I just didn't like them, the writers, the creative team, whatnot. And then I'm kind of forced into reading those. And really, you're not running my life, Hickman. I'm not doing it. And that was kind of my stand that I made. Again, 
I understand how people play the game and, and I could play the game as well. I could end up just, you know, mailing in an X-Men episode where I think, you know, hey, I'm the greatest. I, I end up loving this all. What's better than this? Well, the next book says good, uh, you know, all of that and being positive. But I wasn't like and I don't like to fake the funk. So that's why that is not around right now. But as people would know, long term listeners and people who talk to me personally, whatnot. All it takes is for one guy like Brian to suggest something and off I go. I get, you know, I get crazy ideas. But thanks, Brian. Peace and love. He says, just like Ringo, who I love. Peace and love. Peace and love. I I wonder if Brian would end up, if I sent him some memorabilia, if he would sign it. Ringo won't. He won't do that anymore with peace and love. But I'm going to go off to the next mail, which is from Mark, my man, Mark, who, just as a shout out, I end up doing two podcasts with him on our patreon we end up doing the walking dead comics show that's every other week as the deluxe issues come out but we also do the dc comics back issues podcast once a month as well but mark is having problems he's having problems with the spider-man books and he says hey weird science marvel comics i have to write in because i'm frustrated with what should be my favorite marvel title amazing spider-man i was reading it toward the end of dan slot's run and liked it I was having more fun with Chip Zdarsky's Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man, but I was happy having two Spider-Man books in my pull. Fresh start happened, and Nick Spencer, in my opinion, took ASM off a cliff. I think Spencer is a good writer, at times a great writer, but is well-documented in my previous emails to Weird Science Marvel Comics way back in the day how I grew to hate Spencer's stories in ASM and dropped the title for quite a while. The Kindred storyline was dragging horribly and characters and references to old storylines I wasn't familiar with kept showing up and had no context. Editorial apparently decided there was no need for editor's notes to tell new readers where to get up to speed. So I gave up on the title. Now, with that, I believe that they'd probably have to pay him overtime if you went with some of these references. Every panel would have a reference. And so it became to me like, oh, say I have not read every Spider-Man comic. I am not even close. But when you ended up having something pop up, you know, I'd look up. I I wasn't necessarily going to go back and read every issue that is referenced by Nick Spencer. But overall, I kind of would look up some things get there. And uh, it did give you that scope. At least it gave me even things that I didn't have context with or didn't truly understand fully. It did, though, give me that feeling like, oh, my God, this is. This is big, and and this is showing you a lot of things. And I did give Nick Spencer a lot of credit for that, but it did tend to then get on my nerves a bit as well. And it just kept going and going. But he says, I consider myself a new reader since I didn't read Spidey from 1980 to 2015. It doesn't help that Marvel seems to see Spidey as a license to print money and publishes all these side books. And with that, I think he's talking about within the series, the side books. He's not talking about like Spider's Shadow, the What If by Chip Starsky. He's talking about like the storylines that then become their own books, like The Haunted. And it cost me money to read about characters who aren't Spider-Man, go off on a side story I don't care about. And and we're getting Sinister War now. I mean, this does tend to happen. You get one shots where he'll mention in a minute. I started pulling it again because I enjoyed issues around the time Gog was brought in. And the, the thing that's funny is you say that you liked it because of Gog, but please admit it, Mark, you like Boomerang like like me, right? Because Gog, great, but Gog, Boomerang, awesome. And I like the books enough. Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character, so I'll always be giving him a chance. I'm having a similar problem with my favorite DC character, Wonder Woman, but that is an email for the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. And yeah, 
a shambles. Well, we found out who Kindred is, and after many issues where we are actually dealing with Kindred, it seems like the storyline is just spinning its wheels and biding time until who knows when. I would say the when would be issue number 74. Uh, but I fell behind in reading my Amazing Spider-Man issues and finally got a chance to catch up, beginning with issue number 65. And I found that the next issue was Giant Size Amazing Spider-Man King's Ransom, which didn't get included in my pull list. And that's a comic book store problem, but it's still, it is a problem that Mark has, he says, but everything happens in that issue that leads up to issue number 66. So he's saying that you end up having the hunt, which he didn't care for, and you have these side, but then you end up throwing that King's Ransom in where everything happens to catch you up to get to 66. That is pretty annoying. Maybe I'm lucky to have missed it in my pull because it costs six bucks. Geez, Marvel, just keep the regular issues coming. I'm so sick of these $5 or more books that aren't part of the regular series that I have to pick up separately. Nick Spencer is leaving the title, which might get me to keep Spidey on my pull, but I'm starting to realize a new creative team does not mean a book will get better. I'm worried. Uh, that The stuff that seems to be happening when Nick Spencer ends into that 75 kicking off the new run, it seems wacky or even maintain its level of story. So I feel like I'm done. And have to drop it. It's bad enough to be frustrated by the story, but it really brings things to a head when I make a $25 do or die pull list, which is a DC Comics podcast thing that maybe we'll bring over to the Marvel. It's kind of fun where you end up only having $25. This goes back because Eric Shea, who I end up doing the DC Comics podcast with, as a kid, he didn't have a lot of money. And one of the frustrations, but the cool thing is to try to figure out what books at that point you would have because with only $25 you really really have to get to the nitty gritty of what you're going to keep and what you're not going to and so we ended up starting that so he's saying here so maybe we'll do that the next couple of weeks or so but yeah with the $25 do or die pull list and, and you can only fit Amazing Spider-Man on it from that that is frustrating and he says ugh ugh thanks for letting me vent my feelings and feel a little bit better and that's what we're here for uh, you have the UG, which is very Charlie Brown-esque, but are we also doing like a Lucy-esque thing where this is kind of the psychiatry for a nickel? Maybe. Just maybe. Keep the podcast coming. You guys are doing a great job. Guys! Holy moly. Mark Jager. I see, guys, because he's supposed to praise me. Me. I want the praise. Shower me with it because I'm not taking regular showers. Why would I? But, yeah, thanks, Mark. Thank you, uh, Brian. And like I said, Brian, you're getting the wheels are turning. You're getting the wheels are turning. The gears are a grinding about podcasting and stuff like that. But with all of that, let me remind everybody, please email in anything you want to talk about, negative, positive. You can throw shade at Brandon all you want. Just don't do it to me. I'll cry. But, yeah, you can suggestions and things like that. And it doesn't even have to be about comics, really. But, then you know, maybe start with the comics and then you can kind of veer off to things as well. But email me. In at Weird Science Marvel Comics at gmail.com. But with that, we're going to go off to the star, the real star. I said that Mark and Brian are the stars, but are we we're aware that the star of the world, Brandon from Buffalo, possibly drunk, will be joining me right now to talk about Extreme Carnage Phage? And we haven't been that much, and some of the Extreme Carnage stuff has been on the Patreon. So we haven't been that positive on it. We've been wondering. Brandon's really struggling with the idea that he's kind of sick and tired of symbiotes right now. We end up having, you know, ultimate carnage. Then we have the King and Black stuff that was forever. And now we go to this extreme carnage. And yeah, he's really struggling. He's struggling to. But 
in a weird way, this Phage issue, which I even make fun of when we talked about the last Scream issue last week, saying, oh, next we get Phage. Oh, here we go. Then finding out it's Steve Orlando, which we've had some issues with some of his writing, though I think he's a great guy. I'll mention it again as we go into this, too. Um, that I was worried. This actually is my favorite issue of the Extreme Carnage so far and has me excited for Extreme Carnage also has me excited for old Flash Thompson as well. And Brandon, in a crazy deal, liked it too. So we're going to go to that right about now. I got a line, it was Sunday night, wrote up my notes. To get the feeling right Brandon that messaged me He's drinking at his friends But that was at quarter to three And that's about the time The jerk passed out on me He lives in Buffalo I could not see I guess it's just beyond the weekend show Way up there in Buffalo It's just another Sunday night Brandon's drunk again Brandon's drunk again all right, and I'm here with Brandon from Buffalo. I hear yeah. you're from Brandon. How's Buffalo right now? Has the snow all melted by now? Yeah, there's no piles in the grocery yeah. stores. Right I remember now. a couple, a couple of years ago, you ended up having like piles till the beginning <laughs> oh, of yeah. July. We had, we had a real bad winter that year. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was crazy. This, this was, was like one of those winters. Yeah, you said you'd go to like Walmart and you'd have to go past like snow piles. It was that bad. But yeah. we are here. Well, they just stack it up and it, it eventually turns just into an iceberg in the middle of the parking lot. Yeah, you know, our big <laughs> thing here is we have, we have a ton of seagulls in our parking lots uh, around here because they've pretty much traveled from New Jersey shores to, you know, near the Philadelphia area. It's crazy. Um, but we're here to continue our extreme carnage talk and i i just think that you should feel very very lucky that me and you get to talk extreme carnage i'm blessed uh, we haven't loved it so much now it's weird because this has a couple things that are warning signs to me at least but also to you i think first off we we like scream and andy benton way more than phage right yeah. so when <laughs> it's like oh next is phage then i see i had no idea and then i see Steve Orlando's writing it. And I always talk about Steve Orlando. I think he's a really, really great guy. I talk to him occasionally. I haven't in a while, but he's so nice and he's very open about things. He, but a lot of times some of his writing gets a little away from me and him maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so the idea of him doing a, a, a carnage deal and an extreme carnage phase, like that name isn't what popped in my mind. I don't know what name would, but uh, you know, it's not like, oh, Steve Orlando, I get it. But the problem is, or not the problem, we actually like this issue more than the first two yeah. that we got, including even just the Extreme Carnage. Book well, yeah, th this Kenny one's Johnson. actually like more story centric instead of just like, hey, we're we're going to tell you what this character is, and and then the next book we're going to tell you what this character is, seemingly unconnected. Yeah, and that's the the cool thing about this is is the actual connectivity of the last book and with that it's because this is more of an andy benton story really than a phage story in my mind you have phage as the focus at the beginning but it does lead to andy and flash so it ends up like okay i can go with this now again this is three of eight so we have a bunch more to go so maybe this is a turning point maybe it's actually something that we can kind of get involved with and maybe it'll go forward like this i'm still worried about it but it is, like we said, Extreme Carnage Phage number one. 
And it is written by Steve Orlando, Gerardo Sandoval on pencils, Victor Nava on inks, and Chris Sotomayor on colors. DC's Travis Lanham on letters. The Carnage symbiote's back alive in the symbiote Codex and Hive. The sadistic serial killer psychically reached out to one of its younger siblings, the symbiotic superhero called Scream. Now, again, I just want to point out, why aren't they going to find out from Eddie what's going on with the Hive? Yeah. They, they full out went and talked to him. I just Even Flash should know this. It's, Unable to resist, Scream began ignoring its human host, young Andy Benton, who came face-to-face with Carnage in the Hive. With no other option, Andy burned the Scream symbiote off her body. Now, again, right there was a little, you know, I know that that happened. It was a little wonky. Yeah, it was. Well, you know what I mean? And there's, there's a part in this that's a little wonky. There but there's, yeah, I would yeah. say there's a few pages in every one of these books so far that make me just like, uh, what happened here? I don't Yeah, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> whatever, uh, whatever Carnage's endgame. It seems to do with Arthur Crane, a politician who has lined himself and breathed new life into the friends of humanity. So you go with that. I think that maybe this issue I liked a little more, too, because we got Crane. He's in the background. Yes, he's there on a news report, but it's mostly through that. And we start with Phage weeks ago where he's with a hunter. I thought he was the hunter at first, but he is the, the dog hunting and just talking about, yeah, life's okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm doing my hunting. It, it's very it's very much anything. And I'm again from Pennsylvania. Uh, a lot of people around here, and especially Middle Pennsylvania, do hunt and hunt for not just the sport of it, but actually for the food. Like and they'll go on and on. Yeah, they'll go on and on about this, about the I, idea I how great it is. I'll have to go back and maybe read some old Venom stuff, but they've really like latched on to the sibiots getting into the dogs and your pets thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like a hunting dog here. At first, I thought like more like a wolf and then a monster. I mean, at one point, it looks almost like a bat. It's humongous. The art is a, yeah. a little... I, I said to you, it, it reminded me of some stuff that I go back and, and read, like a, a Spider-Man in the 2000s time. Yeah, yeah. Early 2000s like when they started yeah. falling in love with that computer art. Yeah, that's what it like when it started. To, like, so you have that. Uh, uh, again, though, just for to throw shade at hunters, you know, I love to piss <laughs> off everybody. But I did hear of this one comedian the other day. We were coming back from Logan's basketball game. And the guy was terrible. We were like, oh, but he did have one thing. And he's like, hey, you know, you hunters. And I'm talking to my buddy who's hunting. It's like, what's going on? He's like, hey, it's a sport. He's like, I don't know any other sport that half the other team doesn't know it's playing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I was like, that is true. I was <laughs> laughing about it. It was pretty good. Um, but you end up where. You actually do your best to make sure they know you're not playing again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. That's the deal. So. You end up where, you know, the idea we hunt for food and whatnot. And it seems as if, you know, Fage, who is this dog at this point, could just go the rest of existence just having a nice time. Go out, hunt, eat, sleep. I mean, right there, you end up having this hunter. He's cracking open a beer and watching TV. He looks TV. like all the king of the jungle, too. I mean, what's going to yeah, yeah, screw I mean, with him? Seriously. And <laughs> the guy does look like he's fashioning himself as a bit of a craven type look as well. Yeah, I, thought. I would say a cross between Craven and Gasol from uh, Beauty yeah, and yeah, the really. Beast. <laughs> it does look at uh, with a little maybe more fashion sense than Craven. <laughs> but again, I don't know. That vest is pretty cool. But this is the thing that that kind of uh, makes me I don't know. I, I I kind of roll my eyes a little because this is going on and it feels as if, and we were led to believe that Crane, the senator, it's actually carnage now, right? But why would it take him on the TV 
to trigger phage and not the hive mind symbiote deal. You know yeah, what I mean? Uh, maybe it's just phage realizing it's carnage and he's back and he can be up to his old tricks now. Maybe it's just that. It like seems he was just as if dormant he gets until, triggered out. Yeah. Yeah, like, I guess. I, know, it, I don't know. It's it, a combination of both, maybe. I don't know. It is hard to tell why all of a sudden this trigger flips Because he phage. sees it. Yeah. You know, he sees it and recognizes it through the television, even recognizing that it is carnage there talking and then attacks the hunter that he has kind of been hanging out yeah, with I, I i was like really so much for man's best friend that's the thing i was gonna <laughs> say symbiotes i don't think are always man's best friend with that so ends up going full out phage going and attacking this guy and ripping out its throat now as it goes on it does appear then that he ends up taking over this body this guy ends up and i'm like you don't rip out the throat of the person you're then going to possess and whatnot. It seemed weird, but you then go to New York City, and this is where I'm reading this. I'm like, here we go. We're just going to get a little phage stuff as we have with each character. But when we do go off and see the ending of that fight with Andy, with the Alchemex pretty much stormtroopers, I thought, okay, well, this is something different. We're actually continuing a story. These aren't just random one-shots of here's scream here's phage yeah. and continue so i did like this and i do like the idea that we are seemingly centering the resistance for carnage in andy yep. but then also uh flash coming because these are the two that we like these are the two yeah, that it, are the most it, popular. if you hark back to uh some comments i made during the first issue i don't know why you know uh andy and um, Flash are on this cover. They weren't, you know, hardly ever together. Yeah, yeah. In now the we're issue. getting it, right? Yeah, so that's cool. That's that's mildly, you know, that's and that's exciting. what we wanted. Yeah, yeah. And and right. it's funny too because on this cover you get no end. You just get Phage. And yeah. <laughs> again, I I work. It's weird because again, this is extreme carnage. Now, it, it it they're almost to me they're pushing their luck a bit because there's not a ton of carnage. In in fact, carnage seems to be like I said. Crane the senator, but not in carnage form. So you're really right. pushing the idea that somebody's going to go by and see Phage and yeah, get it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I know. It's Phage is a odd. tough sell for for putting his name on a book. You know, and that's the thing. Like right now, we've gotten it's more almost like of putting the, reptile on a book. Yeah, well, yeah, really. We're going to be talking <laughs> about this. We may have already talked about it. That book. I looked at the sales rankings. Not doing is good, Brandon. Are, are you shocked? Uh, it is legitimately the worst selling Marvel book and one of the worst selling books in comics. And I don't want to, you know, throw shade or yeah, anything no, like I that, mean, but I can kind of tell why. I can kind I, I know. I mean, this is, isn't there times when you're sitting around and you hear something, not just comics, just something in general, a movie's announced or a product. And and us dummies are just sitting there, and you know for a fact that it's going to fail, yeah, right? You just sit there, and you always – I'm me, personally, because I'm you know some self-centered, selfish prick. I sit there, and I'm like, why don't they pay me to just randomly just throw things at me? Like, do you think this will work? No. Yeah. Do you think this would – I'll yes. take and half now, of whatever you're paying the other guy. <laughs> there are times, I'll admit, that I've been completely wrong. Yeah, and and, I agree. and To put that, I remember – this is. I'm telling, yeah, here's you want to hear my most embarrassing. I ended up the day that it came out. I ended up me and my roommate in college went and bought Nevermind by Nirvana. We ended up getting that, and I listened to like two seconds. I'm like, boy, this sucks. Because <laughs> like, I, I did it didn't compute in my yeah, mind yeah. the idea of how different it was at that point. I'm like, 
screw this, this is going to be nothing. And then I was wrong. That was probably the, the worst I was wrong. Also, at one point, somebody early on back in the day played me some earlier uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers deal. And I'm like, yeah, they suck. I've been wrong a couple of times. Yeah. But uh, yeah, We've so with that, all old people's music, as Luke says. But yeah, uh, the idea of a page <laughs> book and an idea of a Life Foundation deal and not having carnage in every issue, that is uh, walking up thin ice yeah, yeah. In, in my mind. Like you're really, you know, pushing it. But um, no, there's, there's I like not this a, issue yeah, again. Like I bad, said, I think they do a good job of uh, having balance in this issue. Of yeah, it's it's a fades or phage issue, but there's enough Andy and Flash in it to be like there's characters there you care about and that are interested in. Does it amaze you that we're not pushing Flash a little more though, at least on the cover? Or on some of the things like this issue, feel that fades. But why? Why aren't you pushing Flash? Yeah, no, a huge deal and it's been away for a while. Should be fighting somebody on the cover. Like you, it's a mistake to just put Fage on the cover. He should be fighting Flash or Andy I, or both. You, I, I'm saying you should even have pretty much a little thing on the bottom with Flash there, and like now, you know, guest starring Agent Zero, I'll, I'll like tell you something what, like that. When my brain made the connection of oh, these these covers of comic books have nothing to do with the contents inside, is when I was like, you know, a young teenager and reading Maximum Carnage, the original event, and I solely started, you know, grabbing those because it looked like crazy covers, and then you'd read it. And a lot You're of like, those issues, so crazy. yeah, a lot of those issues were boring or, or kind of stunk a little bit, but the cover looked awesome. So <laughs> do that, do that with well, this. That's what they have, really, do it, push it. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually shocked that they don't actually spell out more that Flash is in these. Not that he does a ton in this, but he does step up by the end because you end up having Phage make his way to Andy, to Alchemax, in, in a quicker way than we did see Carnage. Remember yeah. that long about so he's run basically about basically like a, a bodyguard for, he's taking a place of a bodyguard it's for weird. the president, he but he's not to next be, to him. Or, but the senator, it's yeah. more the or, senator yeah, whatever. guy. He's running for. And then he comes in and then they're like, I don't care, I work for Alchemax, but he goes to Alchemax because he's got to get to Andy. Now, in the meantime, you end up having the senator because he's going with this humanity front, you know, make uh, Earth great again, get rid of the aliens sort of thing. Yeah. Um, ends up announcing and showing on the press conference on the TV deal. Hey, this girl, she ended up getting hurt by a symbiote and alien. So that wasn't good. Flash is just watching actually in such a crazy way that a guy's stealing a phone. <laughs> Flash ends up using a symbiote deal to grab the phone from the guy to, you know, get this yeah. other person. And then right there on the phone, that's Andy and goes up. Now, that's that's okay, but why did he uh, show this? You don't need to show. Like, Andy, if you are aware of what she is, and they seem to be, they seem to have her in the Alchemex prison. They don't have the screen symbiote as far as we know, but they're going with this yeah, whole they, idea like, of her. The scientist that... um. Is Dr. Kind of, Steven is yeah, there. The kind of he's good the good guy, guy. but yeah. you know, he still kind of does he bad keeps things. Helping yeah. Yeah. He, he works for he the bad guys, blood, but he always he helps. Them. Yeah, he took her blood and he's trying to like save the screen DNA or um symbiote. Yeah, he's trying to DNA. save the symbiote. Yeah. yeah. He's actually trying to remake the symbiote with what was left on her. They say she has some residuals, it's in her blood, things like that. And it gets a little wonky. But with that, so they have her in the Alchemex prison trying to recreate her symbiote because really overall the senator seems to be carnage and yeah. wants the scream symbiote 
Why show her on TV only then for Flash to see to go break her out? There's other people who know who she is as well. It's also basically kidnapping. Like you're not yeah, the police. Yeah, really. You can't just yeah, that's arrest true. It's people. Like, and, and I guess <laughs> it's funny because it's like we saved her, but they arrested you. You know, there you go. And she's in her cell. She she has the hellfire, and she's showing that. You end up Flash. Oh, I'm gonna go. So you end up having Phage go there and start talking crap to her really and saying hey you know and she kind of threatens him with the hellfire and he's like i don't care about that you know that i'm i'm all for it you know hellfire it up i don't care i need to find scream because you ended up betraying all of us you're a traitor you ended up burning your symbiote so that he she couldn't join uh carnage Courage, yeah. and that's that's bull crap and we're gonna stop this again though at this point why are you Talking trash. Now, at the end, you do have something happen that I think is a way to draw screen out yep. or back, right. That's maybe. But but they're pretty much they're thinking that Scream's done. That Scream has been burnt to ash. Even says that, and that you're going to have <laughs> Doctor Steven be able to recreate I'll, it. But we'll see. I'll tell you the other thing is like uh, Fave here is saying that the Hellfire doesn't hurt him. I'm so confused on what symbiotes are hurt I, by I, I fire and just, which are... <laughs> I think he's bullcrapping. Now, with this, I'm guessing the next issue, whatever we see with that. Andy... I'm trying to keep it straight in my brain right now. It's hard. Yeah, really, I know. With with me, I believe that what I think we'll see is that old Dr. Steven, he's going to be sitting in his lab, always has the lights out, too. He always yeah. looks weird that way. Yeah, he does. I do... I do believe the blood samples he's taken will then form into the symbiotic. He's animal. got Save a body Andy, dysmorphia thing going on there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a lot of he's problems. He, he also loves bow ties, and we won't get into <laughs> that. I mean, but yeah, you end up there where Flash is going. He breaks into Alchemex right into the lab of Dr. Steven, who he says, hey, I know you're kind of good. I know you wouldn't hurt Andy. Where is she? At that point. An alarm goes off of extraterrestrial alarm. Oh, my God, here we go. And Flash takes off to go stop the whole deal. Because at that point, you see some damage being done to Phage with the Hellfire. Andy is punching him. But when you end up finally where Flash gets there, they start fighting a bit the whole deal with, you know, we're not Yeah, their fight's confusing. The Andy and him fight is pretty straightforward. But I I can't really tell what happens to... I mean, it looks like he just gets slashed he right just, across. Yeah, he slashes them. The and other thing is, like the anti, like the anti venom suit doesn't work anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not supposed I, to really. I know, <laughs> I know. Well, it seems like to dissipate, maybe come back, but even then, it is a little too close up. What happens because you end up having Phage kind of say the idea. Well, now that you got rid of your symbiote, you're all alone, and I'm going to kill you. And then Flash comes in. She's not all alone. We're together, and they start fighting. But legitimately. I almost think at one point in my mind, now, she is kind of getting consumed by Phage, but she was holding her own. Yeah, she Way was. more than Flash does. <laughs> Flash comes in and gets <laughs> punched, yeah. and then you end up having Phage kind of make like one of those, you know, symbiote sword arms, it seems, and go right through her, run her through. Again, what's going on with her Hellfire? Is the Scream symbiote, I would assume the Scream symbiote will come back, and that's why. I believe that Phage is doing that also to see if that does happen, you know, kind of drawn because you have the whole thing. Carnage wants the scream symbiote. He wants them all. He wants the like foundation deal and going. And uh, I don't know why back together. Basically. And this is the funny thing in my mind. This is just me. 
But if I'm here and I want four people, right, and one says no, I'm going to gather the other three before I go after that Just one. Just get again, a different right? symbiote and and throw another symbiote on somebody that's going to agree with you. I don't understand. It's not like there's a yeah, lack of get... symbiotes rolling around the universe. Uh, or anything. Yeah, really, seriously. <laughs> I mean, there's and and really, <laughs> you find that out. One. <laughs> Remember the idea that the setup to this in that Venom, you know, two hundred was where. You did have Flash in that coffee shop to find out that when Noah ended up coming, a lot of people were infected by the symbiotes and that stayed where yeah. that whole coffee we got shop. A whole co- symbiote coffee shop. You just here. you just have to get a name that would fit, right? Exactly. You know, you, you get that Hot coffee, punchy, right? Punchy. <laughs> I'm trying to think, yell instead of scream. Hey, uh, my name's Yell Frappuccino. Yell. <laughs> yeah, you just do that. But at the end, though, it's a cool cliffhanger. Yep. Because again, we like Andy. And it actually was one of, I think, the best of the three. I really do yeah, think it was, it was the best issue. of the three. There was a little wonkiness or whatever, but I'm glad that we kind of have the senator in the background, Carnage kind of running the puppet strings through the TV. Know? And the story's moving, and you end up having a pretty cool fight with Andy, Phage, and then Flash coming at the end there. And this seems like it's, you know, gaining some steam finally. And I'm worried that we go next and we'll see how we it's, it, yeah. you know, get the rest in. <laughs> I, I've never thought I'd utter these words out of my mouth, but I, I wish Steve Orlando would just take the reins from here. And yeah, it seems thing. like it, it seems like it's pretty good, <laughs> yeah, the right? Most I mean, straightforward issue. Like it wasn't bogged down with political nonsense. That was in the background, but it wasn't like forced down your throat. It, you know, the art was, eh, I, I would have liked a little better art, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed this issue much more uh, than the first two that we read. Like, yeah, I, I kind of dreaded reading it. And then by the end, I was like, yeah, you know, that, that wasn't bad. Reading it again kind of straightened out some of the confusion with what went on with Phage in the beginning there. But, uh, yeah. And again, now we're here. And if people didn't know, you end up having Agony, Phage, Riot, Lasher, and Scream. And at the end of this, you do have the next lashing out. I'm like, (laughs) I wonder if that's going to be Lasher. And I'm worried that we're just going to go aside from here and have the, while this was going on, let's tell everybody about Lasher. Yeah. And and the thing is. I hope they handle it like this. That's the thing. A lot of people don't know, you know, the Life Foundation symbiotes, but you don't really, I mean, do we really need They're to? Not super did a good, no. You did a good job here with Phage, just showing them as this dog and then going off. All you need to know is they're there. They're usually a group, and Carnage has. That's what you their know, back issues them. are for to learn their yeah, origins. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't yeah, need all stuff that stuff like right that. Now. And there's not even that much. It's like the idea of like born identity. When he gets, you know, activated, I don't know. That I need to find out what he did when he was twelve. Right. I just need to see him kick by. Exactly. Right. And look at yeah. and then look at his hands and not realize it's how boring he. Had- when they tell you those backstories, anyway, I just want to know why he's awesome. Uh, I don't need to know literally every second how by. he got awesome. That's all. Yeah. So yeah, with this, I think I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna go crazy. I'm I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten. I actually thought that it was well done. Good job, Steve Orlando. Yeah. You, you did it. Uh, what would you give it? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven five. Uh, I, I mean, I. Some of that score might be because I was so disappointed by the first two issues. Um, but, you know, I, I hope this momentum that they have in, in this issue carries forward to, you know, the rest of the series. Because this one's kind of got me back on board. You know, I'm I'm a little weary, but I'm back on board for now. I'm weary, too. But if we go from this, the, the problem is, is you have 
five more issues. We have a couple more of the Life Foundation symbiotes that we need. But I just want to see actually now Andy and Flash go to stop it. That's yeah, what I want to see because it. I yeah. like both of those characters out of everything involved. Those are the ones I'm here for, especially Flash. We were excited that he's back from the dead. Even then, I like when he even comes in, Dr. Stevens like, holy crap, you're alive? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And I, like, I want more of that. I want I more of a team. If, if they and- are going to do like, you know, any exploring of anything, let's like chill out with Flash for one issue because he's been back. He's been thrown right into this. And, this and if, thing, if you and end up, like, what's going on with Flash? <laughs> and if you end up setting up a book with Flash, I wouldn't mind Andy being in that. I wouldn't mind like having a multiple symbiote deal with Dr. Steven finally telling Alchemex he's had enough <laughs> and he'll go work for them, right? Yeah, yeah that would so be I, cool. I wouldn't I mind like that. that. Yeah, threesome. I wouldn't mind that. So. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, but yeah, that's that. So that was cool. I mean, I'm glad that because I even said to you, pleasant surprise. I wonder. Yeah, I, yesterday yeah, I said, when we we said what book I said, I'm do. so worried about this. <laughs> and then I ended up because I was recording, uh, actually recording the Moon Knight deal with Clay, and I messaged you afterwards because I hadn't read it yet, and said, "How is it?" You're like, surprisingly, it's not that bad. I'm like. That's cool. And then I read it. I'm thinking, eh, he's probably drunk. And then I read it. I'm like, <laughs> you're right. It actually was pretty good. It, it really was. So, yeah. again, Steve Orlando kind of gets wacky with the dot. It wasn't here. He did a really no, good yeah. job. So, so, again, if it, the, the weird thing is, though, how do you recommend this? But not read. Like, uh, yeah, you got to go through the pain to get to get to the and good stuff. If here, you're reading stinks. this, you're going to keep reading it. It's one of those things at this point that it's hard to recommend this whole thing to somebody who hasn't read the first two. But if you had read the first two, obviously you're going to read this. But at least I hope people have a smile on their face when they're done. But that's me and you, Brandon. So yes. thank you again for joining me as no you problem. do. And I'll go off to something else. And that something else is the last book of the night. And it is Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 28. It is the conclusion to the clone saga and sets up some things here. It's very quick. It's very quick and to the point. It does end up kind of aping a bit of regular Spider-Man stuff, what happens, but it's good. I actually really did like it. It's written by Salamina Med, art by Carmen Canero, colors by David Coriel, letters by VCs Corey Petit. Recently, Miles was kidnapped and experimented on by the assessor. The mysterious villain created several Spider-Man clones, three of which escaped from the assessor and have since been committing crimes all around Brooklyn. Miles tracked down the clone's headquarters, and when he found it decked out with stolen tech, he destroyed the lab, enraged by how the clones had sullied his reputation. That's not quite what happened. Just to step aside a bit, he ended up destroying the lab because he thought that they, too, were creating more and more clones, and he ended up wanting to stop the cloning deal. But the problem is, is that that was actually stuff that they were experimenting on trying to make it so they don't die. There was an inherent thing with these clones that if things weren't done, they would die. And so when they came back and we'll get into the more of this, blurb, when they came back, they really freaked out, especially the leader, Salim, who saw that Miles had pretty much destroyed any hopes that they would live. When Salim and his fellow clones, Mind Spinner and Ship, returned and saw everything in ruins, including their cure to survive, but it was mainly that, they overpowered Miles. Seeking revenge, two clones took off to capture the rest of the Morales family, starting with Miles' mom. Miles convinced Ship to free him and was able to save his mom. 
but quickly discovered it was just a diversion while Selene went home to Miles' father and baby sister. So the big thing was to grab Billy. Big thing was to grab Billy, the sister. Celine being the one that looks the most like Miles and could come off as Miles. You're never going to think anybody's going to think, oh, look, mine spinner. I think that's Miles. That's never happening. And shift, it's not happening as well. So the one that looks pretty much identical to Miles is the one that goes off, tries to trick the family, and does end up getting Billy. Miles goes to find that his dad has been sliced and diced, not, you know, mortally wounded. You end up where Selim in the thing throughout this final issue continues the idea that he thinks of Miles' family as his family because he's a clone, but he's more mad at Miles and he's mad because he's not the one. And it does go back to, you know, Ben Riley and Peter, which is the clone, which isn't. In this, though, we know that Selim is the clone. He just thinks that he could be the better version. He wants to be the better version. He doesn't want to die. But you still have that play. You still have the play throughout. It's just kind of a different angle, a different shift of what it is. Well, Miles ends up comforting his dad. His mom then comes and says, there's a lot of blood, but it is a lot of superficial wounds and things like that. He's not going to die. He doesn't seem to be in much danger. But you end up having Miles say, I think, and even his dad, they think that Salim just wanted him to see his dad bleed but in the meantime he has billy he has the baby sister and miles needs to get billy back obviously before Sleem, you know what who knows what he's going to do he doesn't have that much longer to live so really you know all bets are off and we've seen he's not really good he's the version of miles who doesn't really have the real connection to family friends and things like that so he's acting out and, and really is upset So Miles gets a text from him, Brooklyn Bridge, 10 minutes, you know who this is, and we do too, and he goes off, and again, this is very reminiscent of a, you know, Gwen Stacy deal, you end up having Selene dressed up fully as Spider-Man up on top of the Brooklyn Bridge where he has Billy who's crying and wants to get out of there and go back to bed. You know, Billy isn't quite aware what's going on, but it knows that, you know, doesn't like what's happening. You end up having Miles show up, he's in the invisibility camouflage deal and then pops it off because he does want to confront Selim face to face says leave my sister alone and this is where you end up having Selim as he goes kind of pushing the idea like sometimes he says our family our dad our sister and so you see that he does see them as family again I you, Saladin Ahmed does not get to a point where you really feel that bad for Selim because he is doing bad things. I mean, you hope that he doesn't hurt Billy because of the deal, uh, but he really does want to hurt Miles. Now, to do all this and to keep it going, it's funny because you end up having both of them in pretty much the same suit. So how are you going to fight? Well, you end up having Selim take the mask off so you can go, okay, the one without the mask is Selim. Because even if they both took their masks off, you're going to be having some problems. Different, little different haircut, but even so, you end up so Selim with his blades without the mask is fighting off and fighting Miles as they go, as Billy is kind of put aside. And the fight goes on and on. It looks great. It really does. And you have, you know, all the cool abilities of Miles going both ways there. But you do end up having. Miles overpower and take down Salim. And again, I think that you're pushing the idea of what you're fighting for. When you end up having Miles fighting for his baby sister, he is going to give a little more. He is going to try to win a little bit more where Salim, 
it, this is just like the last deal and he doesn't even really feel like he's that into it really like he's just like oh, i'm gonna die and i'm gonna take you down i want to hurt you but not as much into it as a miles is to save his family and so when you do get this you end up having then mind spinner show up and actually disable miles as he's trying to get billy and then Salim pretty much dangling Billy over the bridge. She's in like a little kind of, you know, wrapping of webbing, but going to do this and seems like he is going to kill Billy. Miles says, I'll do whatever. Please do not hurt Billy. Well, you end up having shift then show up and grab Billy. And we saw, we saw the shift in shift last. They even said it in the blurb where Miles was, you know, tied up. He was webbed up and in, in, in the deal. And Schiff was the one who let him go because he said, listen, it's your family, too. I know you're a clone. I know this is weird. I know that this, you know, I did stuff wrong and that you're going to die. But please, it's our family. Please save them. Let me go. And Schiff did. Now Schiff comes back again. There's Billy. Salim really does look like he's going to kill Billy. And so Schiff comes, grabs Billy. Right, does that and protects her, takes her away, and then you end up having Salim freak out and pretty much say to Ship, like, if you're against me, you're against me. If you're gonna do this, you're no longer part of our trio. Me and Mindspinner are gonna take you out then and jumps to kill Ship. But then Mindspinner jumps in and ends up stopping Salim then. And now Salim, unfortunately, the deal of like not you. Why are you turning on me, Mind Spinner? And Mind Spinner actually says, not hurt shift. And in all of this, there's where Salim is showing that he doesn't care about any sort of family. He doesn't care about, you know, Miles's family, that they're clones, but still, he doesn't even care about shift. The minute that shift saves a baby, you end up having Salim go and try to kill him. Mind Spinner stops it. And so pretty much you end up in. It it is it's not eye rolling, but it is very quick. It seems a little forced. Where then you get Salim grab mind spinner. They go out in the air and blow up. You end up having Salim cause, and they end up blowing up in a big explosion over the Brooklyn Bridge. They're done. They are finished. I I kind of wish just as a way to get a little bit of feels and maybe feel a little bad with Salim that they were just due to die anyway, and you'd see that, but. You kind of have to extend that because now Shift has saved Billy. So how are you going to reward Shift with this? Now, poor Mind Spinner. But really, what's Mind Spinner going to go? Walk around, go to school? He looks like a giant spider. It's crazy. So they're dead. Salim, Mind Spinner, gone. And so you have Shift there. Oh, my God, what are we going to do with Shift? And I like the idea, too, at one point where Miles says, please be careful with my sister. And if you're not aware, Shift is kind of like, a thing that can kind of make arms almost like in my mind, a version of what we had earlier in the podcasting gamma flight with stockpile almost, but it ends up able to make a hundred arms. And I like that. Please be careful with her and ends up making like 15 arms and hands to hold her to make sure she's safe. She's fallen asleep. And with that, you get that little bit of a, a cool little storytelling that doesn't have to be shoved in your face. When you ended up having Celine with Billy, she was crying. She didn't like it. She felt like she was in danger. You know, what? anything a baby would do at that point, crying. And the minute, though, that shift grabs her, she does fall asleep. She feels safe. She feels like this is somebody that she could fall asleep in their multiple 
globulous arms. And even at the point, Miles says, man, mom was right. She can sleep through everything. And it's nice. And Ship ends up handing over Billy. And he's all cut up. He's bleeding. He's crying still. And he says, I thank you. And then says, oh, she's asleep again. Ma always says she can sleep through anything. Now, you end up there with Ship does not have anybody. I mean, even if Selim was bad, that was kind of his family. Selim, Mindspinner, they're gone. So what is Ship going to do? And you end up having Miles say, and it's a good tie, and it ties into Uncle Aaron. And he says, I know how it is to lose somebody. I just recently lost my my uncle, and that, that drove me nuts. And that was something I kept focusing. I was focusing on what I lost, but not what I had. I wasn't focusing on how lucky I was to have a family, to have a little sister, and strong, healthy friends, amazing friends, all these things. And this gives them this idea of maybe I need to, you know, help you. You are kind of me. You are part of our family. So we're brothers, and maybe I can help you. Maybe I can get you going. Maybe I can get your feet, you know, going. We can find out something. And you do end up seeing this crazy deal then with Shiftu. Then seems like he can graffiti power at any point and ends up making a big graffiti. It's really nice. It says Brooklyn Brothers. It looks cool. And it is Miles. And Shift there on this wall together, like little selfie type graffiti art. It's really nice. And that's when Miles realized and said, yeah, yeah, you know, you're not alone. You're right. We're brothers. We're there. And then where Billy's there, it's like, hey, Billy, I wonder what mom and dad are going to say about us having a new brother, huh? As she ends up, ah, ah, and then sneezes and snot flies out. Now, again, the trajectory and what this is doing doesn't quite, but it's a nice moment. You And it's a nice moment. It's disgusting. Shift ends up getting all of Billy's snot on his face. And he says, dang, she got you. Well, welcome to the family, I guess. And Billy's there, wake, woke up, sucking her thumb. And again, in the presence of this other Spider-Man deal, this shift is not crying, not upset. Seems like she's curious and into it. And then that's when he says, hey, hey, Billy, wonder what pops and mom are going to think about, you know, that we lost our minds, that they have a new brother. Uh, we have a new brother. They have a new son. It's nice. It is nice. And I, I really did enjoy this issue. And I enjoyed this Clone Saga. It's not something that I think is like a classic all-time deal, but it's nice to have Miles have this. It does end up having him being able to kind of, for now, let go of Uncle Aaron and say, okay, he's gone, but let me focus on family, get shift there. We're going to see how this goes. Uh, I actually think it'll be funny when Genki ends up, you know, finding out about this and what goes on and things. So that's cool. And the family to the mom and dad but they're they're good people and i do think that miles explaining things will be able to work it out and we'll see how that goes but you end up having even the next issue deal it almost i don't know why but it, it almost feels like a spider-man no more type deal uh but we'll see what it is uh next month but yeah for this i like the art a lot i like the story i like the you know continuing the family aspect of miles and this is something that saladin ahmed does a lot in the Miss Marvel, he continued that from the G. Willow Wilson run, where that's all about family and friends. And I like having books that that's what it's about. We don't have the Miss Marvel book anymore, unfortunately. Some people are like, thank God, whatever, and whatever. Uh, I like it. So, and I like that family aspect that you still have in Miles. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll go forward with this, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And this one, I'm giving an 8.5. And so that is the end of the podcast. And as a book of the week, 
There's a button. It's a good thing to have a bunch jumbled in the top end of the deal. I'm a, it'd be funny. I'm, I could have a three-way tie the way things went, but I do end up because I, I did rate Miles a little bit lower than the others. I'm going to have a double book of the week, Gamma Flight number two, which is surprising to me that I actually enjoyed it that much. And then also Moon Knight number one, the start of that. Now with that, that's over at the Patreon. And I'll tell you, you can go to patreon.com slash weird science to listen to me and Clay talk about that, as well as me talking about Captain Marvel number 30 this week, as well as a bunch of other shows. Also go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics, where you can follow me. I'll follow you back 100%. We can talk about comics and life and love and everything in between. But let's look at what's coming out next week. And for the most part, these are the books we'll be talking about. Two of these will be picked by the badasses of Get Fresh Crew. Beep, boop. And that'll be on the Patreon, but we'll try to mix in a bunch of these as well for our regular podcast. A lot coming out, though. We have Amazing Fantasy, number one, a, and there's a couple number ones as well. So you got Amazing Fantasy, number one, Amazing Spider-Man, number 71, me and Clay definitely talking about that. Beta Ray Bill, number five, ends that mini. I'm sad to see that go. Me and Clay have loved it. We'll be talking about that. Black Cat, number eight. Black Widow, number nine. Daredevil number 32, Shang-Chi number three, and the United States of Captain America number two. I was pleasantly surprised with that first issue. Did like it. Uh, And maybe, maybe Brian, the Canadian food courier, has convinced me to possibly put Wolverine number 14 into the show. We'll see. How that goes, so we'll see how it is. So with that, two of those I said will be on the Patreon. We'll see how all that works out on the poll. If you want to get involved, you can go over to the Patreon and be part of the badasses themselves and pick the books that we talk about. But all that said and done, thanks, everybody, for listening. Sorry for the delay this week. I'll try to not have that happen again, though. I say that. Try. Try as I may. I'm sure that eventually it will happen. I'm trying to get all the scheduling together and getting more books and whatnot. And it's kind of being, it's showing me it's not as easy as I hoped. Uh, so we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But thanks, everybody. And I will talk to you later.